0: Hello, brothers and sisters, Pastor Jason here. I want to talk to you on this podcast about a question that was sent in. And if you have not done so, I would love for you to go to our website at PastorBytes.com and submit a question of something maybe you're thinking about, maybe a counseling question you're trying to help someone else, or maybe a theology question like this. Uh, maybe you have a struggle that you've been battling or disbelief, and you can submit that. You don't have to give your email, your phone number, or anything. That's all optional. But you can submit a question that can be discussed on a podcast, like this, and we appreciate your support in that area. There's also links that will go to iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and all the other ways that you're able to consume this podcast, and it's down at the bottom of the page. Real simple website, ask that you would go there at PastorBytes.com. Of course, remember, it's B Y T E S.com. The question that was sent in was this, what does it mean when someone says nature has been good to me? And that's a pretty broad question, so we're going to have to cover quite a few topics here. Really, we're kind of coming into this era of, you know, whatever I believe is what I believe and relative truth. And, you know, just kind of let me believe and blend all the religions together. I'll take the good of this religion, the good of that belief and the good of this theology of whatever I think to be true and just believe it. And that's kind of where we are today. But the first thing that came to my mind was pantheism. And pantheism basically taking the Greek word of pan and theism, and that's all in God. So pantheism is just all God. And this doesn't mean that God is is Just in everything, or God is, you know, the chair and God is us and God is the air and God is the clouds, and that God, but is this all this He, everything makes up who God is? And it's also not the idea that God created anything. This denies the idea of a creator, but says all that this is here is just all God to be absorbed. A pantheist will reject the idea of going to worship in a church house. Why would they do that? They'll go out and in nature. They'll take a walk. They will just enjoy all of what God is. Pantheists do not believe in an afterlife. So you just get one life. You get one shot at this. We're just all here for this time. And also your pantheists will say, you know, that animals should be revered the same as humans. Only when necessary should we take dominion over animals because, you know, think about it. They're part of God, too. And we're part of God, too. And the chair is part of God, too. There's an idea that there's not a personal God, you know, that it denies the exact personhood of God that, you know, Jesus is not a savior, that God did not come down and redeem us. There's no redeeming here. There's no, by the way, if there's not an afterlife, who cares anyway? Why do we need a redeemer? Really? And some of these people are very sincere people. This group will be where it pops up a lot of your activists, you know, that'll stand in front of trees and say, oh, this is nature. Well, think about it. If we revere trees as God, being part of God and us being part of God, then when the trees cut down, I mean, we're hurt. When animals have abused, and it hurts us deeply because we're all connected in this. And Richard Dawkins says this in The God Delusion. Remember Richard Dawkins, I'll refer to him from time to time, and he wrote this in his God Delusion that pantheism is just sexed up atheism. It's just sexed up. It's just different. It just looks different. So basically, Richard Dawkins wants to take most of your pantheists and kind of pull them in his group and kind of convince them they're just atheists. And that's kind of the idea for a lot of these religions with people is it's not trying to get to truth because getting to the truth would mean that they're was a person that gave truth, which would point you back to God, which would point you back to someone that you have to bow in reverence to. But in true pantheism, it is worshiping earth. That's basically it. Reality is divine. The earth is divine. I'm divine. So I just worship the world, worship the earth. So when you say this statement that the earth has been good to me, it's kind of this pantheistic view, you know, and they claim on their website, they claim to be a lifestyle, not a religion. They don't want to be pigeonholed to call themselves a religion. They do not believe in a creator. God at all. They're against a creator God. They said some unbelieve in the Big Bang. Some unbelieve that the world's just here. It's just always been here. It's always been like this. Kind of never really was created. It just it's been here forever and ever and ever. Millions and billions and billions. So they reject the Christian view. And most all these beliefs are in direct opposition of God and the Christian belief. We want to say, oh, no, let's pull them in. Let's take the good, the bad. No, we reject these views. Let's move on now to polytheism. And polytheism is is one of those different religions that you'll find a lot of this in Hinduism. You'll find pantheism and polytheism a lot in Hinduism. Remember, we're talking about belief systems, not necessarily just certain religions. That would be a podcast of a different type. We're not just talking about Hindus. We're not just talking about Buddhists. If you look at it as a whole, pantheism and polytheism is kind of blended into Hinduism. The polytheism is many gods. Poly mean many, theism meaning God. There's many finite gods or goddesses. You know, there's some 330 Thirty-three million gods and counting. Can you imagine? I am not trying to be sarcastic. I'm being dead serious. Can you imagine counting 330 million? I find it hard to count 330 and name them and know them. So it's this exhausting idea of constant learning, this, this mental ascent of trying to figure everything out. And polytheism focuses on karma and reincarnation. You remember since I was a little kid, I remember saying, well, karma, what kind comes around, goes around. Be careful. There's this natural law of karmic idea that tells us that what comes around goes around. And we really don't have any hope in either one of these. Who I've talked about pantheism or polytheism. There's no hope of redeemer. That's what's different. There's no hope of a God that did something for us that we couldn't do for ourselves that saved us from all sin. And by the way, in pantheism, there's no afterlife. So why believe anyway? And in polytheism, where there's many gods, there's no guarantee at all. The main focus is just kind of be a better person and and maybe if you keep doing a good job and you keep being right enough, then maybe you'll get a glorified body. Maybe if you don't do good, then I'm sorry, we're gonna have to demote you to maybe an animal or something else. And then when you do better there and you can be trusted with that, then karma kicks around you be reincarnated again. It's this endless cycle of trying to get to be a better thing. And maybe eventually, if you're really lucky in polytheism, you'll become a god yourself. You can be named among the 333 million. There can be 333 million in one now. If you really do a good job. But really, that's not even guaranteed. And that's polytheism at the core. Hinduism, Japanese Shinto, Chinese traditional religion, these are all in polytheism. But that's why in Hinduism, you know, they don't eat the cows and stuff, because that might be their last ancestor. I don't know about you, but I've heard a lot of people make jokes of that. That's such a sad, sad belief. They're starving to death in India. But it's not just the belief that maybe one of these animals or something else may be our ancestor or maybe someone else trying to reincarnate to be better and to be more moral but it's also the idea of afflicting the body in Hinduism. And I don't mean to get too hung up on any one religion, but it's better understood whenever you put a face to some of these beliefs. You know, The main focus is there's reincarnation, just maybe eventually you'll be able to do better. But then there's agnostic. And agnostic is one of the quickest ones uh, that you can talk about. Agnostic is basically saying there's nothing known or can be known of the existence of God. There's just not enough information to prove or disprove God. And I really can see where a lot of people would be here. This is kind of the safe play. You know, this is kind of the bunt and when it comes to, you know, really not serving God and not living right. and So agnosticism is basically the belief that it can't be known. Not that it's known or not known, that it's just impossible to know. So that's the agnostic view. Now let's move on to atheism and what is an atheist? And this comes directly from their website, of American Atheist website. It says it's a lack of belief in God. So that's their statement, that we don't believe in them. You know, it's personal, you know, not whether or not there's enough information. It's just whether it is or isn't, we don't believe. We acknowledge that other people believe, but we do not believe. And they're evangelists. These atheists, they're evangelists. They try to get other people to agree with them. They have conventions. They have hundreds of millions of dollars that come into them. This is a religion. You know, this is also the group known as Nones, N-O-N-E-S. That's what they call themselves now. You know, it's, just, it's a new name, but the same thing. It's always been. This group of American atheists, they were started by Madeline O'Hara, you know, 1963 you remember she's the one that started the separation of church and state eventually prayer got removed from school eventually ten commandments get taken down their whole idea is let's get rid of everything that looks like god we're against god i I wish their website said that you know we don't we hate god they do not want anything to do with god and they don't want anything to do with people that believe in god it's just such a sad sad thing they claim there's a large group of people that are in our churches and they're in the world that don't believe in God they are going to church every day. Isn't that sad? They have websites that they've created and things and platforms to be able to get people to ask questions, and they come across very kind and very subtle. You know the devil come across subtle, too, to Adam and Eve. So you got to be careful just because they're kind or just because they appeal. They ultimately start conversations with people to get them to deny their faith and come against God. You know, this is the Richard Dawkins and the Sam Harrises, one of their keynote speakers is Mary Johnson, and use extreme caution if you look her up on YouTube. She's a very vile woman, but she was actually a nun for 20 years, worked right alongside Mother Teresa. And she spent 10 years writing as a nun and rewriting a lot of the nunship laws and the catechism. Her thing is that her whole goal is to come out and say, hey, I was a nun. I did this thing and it doesn't work. And there's a better way. She made this statement. This is a quote from Mary Johnson. She said, the words form within me that she had this spiritual experience after 30 years supposedly in the faith. She says a statement that she went out, she went on a hilltop and she said, she went up to the top of the hill and the words formed within me. God is like the best parts of yourself. She said, God, who are you? Who are you? And she said, all of a sudden, this spiritual experience, the words just formed within me. That was God is like the best parts of yourself. Who does that sound like? That sounds like Satan, Satan himself. That's who spoke to Mary Johnson. Mary Johnson, God help your soul. God is like the best parts of yourself. No, God is not. God is nothing like the best parts of you. You were made in his image, but you are fallen. You need a redeemer. You need someone to save your soul. The apostle Paul said this in my flesh dwelleth no good thing and Mary Johnson she goes on and her whole speech that she gave was WTF and I wouldn't say what that stands for but I think a lot of you listeners know just a very vile person she clapped for Sam Harris and clapped for Richard Dawkins and do you know Richard Dawkins he's a the known atheist you know the one I'd spoke about before about living in the wheelchair and being a very um, as far as intellectual he's a very smart man but there was no spiritual sense but Richard Dawkins was given $100 million because Richard Dawkins claimed that there were aliens out there and that we had to find them before they found us. That's true. You can look it up. $100 million because there's aliens out there that we must find before they find us with no physical proof. I mean, you talk about a great faith. This is a faith. This is a belief. It's a damnable faith. It's a damnable belief, but it is a belief. It's against God. Mary Johnson says this. I enjoy living in a world where I get to create my own meaning. Mary Johnson said that while she was a nun, she fell in love with another woman in a lesbian relationship. Then she fell in love with a priest that she and she found it counterproductive to try to be spiritual. She says that Mother Teresa, basically the poster child for Catholics, basically said she was the most moral, kind, genuine person she'd ever known. But she wasn't the wittiest. So she was ignorant and she worked right along beside her, serving them poor people, those sick people, giving them bread, giving them water, trying to give them the gospel. And guess what? She said, well, she just wasn't that smart. Of all, That's all that she came up to in all those years. Listen, she was an obstinate of the things of God. She was deceived by the enemy herself. But really now she's doing the work of the devil. In New Hampshire, she is the top wedding efficient. Hear me, friends. She's the top wedding efficient in New Hampshire. Listen, I've been to weddings on the coast as well. They have these people, they call them wedding efficients. And their whole message, where you go to a Christian wedding or a Christian funeral, you hear the gospel. You hear about Jesus and him crucified. These people. Their whole message is they don't pray. They sure wouldn't say Jesus' name. They sure wouldn't say God. But they give them an experience of a wedding, and they pull everything about God out of it. God help us. But last but not least, friends, I want to talk to you about what a Christian faith is, what we are, what I pray that you are, and that is that we're monotheists. Monotheism is one God. And the Christian religion believes this, but also, I want to warn you also, Muslims believe this too. They believe in one God. Now, it's a different God, but they believe in Allah. Allah. Muhammad, of course, has died. You know, his runes are available, his tomb is available. They don't claim that he raised from the dead, that Jesus himself, that he ever died. Most of your modern day Muslims will not believe that Jesus died or he was resurrected, but someone was crucified in his place and God just kind of took him on up to heaven. But they are monotheists, but they don't believe that Jesus is God. They don't believe the Jehovah God that we believe in. They believe in Allah. And even Muhammad himself, they say when they end their prayers, they say, peace be with him. And what they mean is is, is they're not even sure the person who wrote the Quran, they're not even sure if he ever even made it to heaven. So that's kind of this, yeah, there's one God. So it's not just Christian faith, but in the Christian faith, we are monotheistic, one God. We know that there's a supreme ruler. What God says has to come to pass. What God says is true. See, we're truth seekers. As Christians, we want to find the truth. We don't want to argue every time we turn around just the lies. We don't want to project this idea. I heard someone say this one time, don't just tell everyone what you're against, but tell them what you stand for. But see, in a lot of these other religions, they'll endlessly talk and talk and talk and never get to any truth. That's the key of Richard Dawkins. He'll ask questions that he doesn't even know the answer to. That's the deal with Sam Harris. You know, he wrote books about a lost faith. I mean, that's their whole goal is to talk about stuff and talk about stuff like creation and talk about things like evolution and talk about these things and just exhaust you with fish and bones and put means of years. And that's the idea is to get us talking about something besides, what do we believe in the monotheistic religion? Well, let me tell you, friends, we believe that Jesus Christ was crucified. We believe that we are all sinners. We believe we had no hope outside of God and who he was and that he made a perfect sacrifice for his son and our trust in him and his righteousness cleanses us of all sin and that we're to turn and repent of our sin and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Abraham was saved by faith, looking forward to the cross. We're saved by faith, looking back to the cross from where we are. That's our faith in this monotheistic Christianity. And friends, that's where we need to stay. There's nothing wrong with the world. There's nothing wrong with the things of the world. God gave us things that we're to partake of, but there we have to get down to the truth. And the truth is scripture. And God gave us 66 books of the Bible that we can study, that we can read, that we can understand. We don't need to be thinking about aliens and all this other stuff, witch doctrines like communicating with the dead. Those things are distracting. That's why I don't like UFOs. It's not that you can't believe in UFOs, but we're talking about things that we don't know. And it's an endless red tape trying to have an understanding of something that there is not enough information. I'll tell you what, I'm an agnostic when it comes to anything outside of the scripture and what I know is the Bible. But God is so good to us. And he is one God. He simplifies it to where a five-year-old can have faith. I believe a person in the jungle that's never read the Bible, God's written the law of God on his heart. We believe in the moral law. We believe that God has written a moral law on our hearts. And by the way, if you believe in a moral law, you have to get down to a moral law giver. If you are not monotheistic, see, if you have many gods, 333 million gods, then who's to say which one is right? There is one God and he has supreme ruleship. He is the moral law giver. We believe in the moral law giver because that's where a moral law leads you back to. Richard Dawkins says this, and he was in a debate and he said, I don't no longer believe in a moral law. Well, what a Madeline O'Hara, with all due respect, when her own son and her own daughter and her was kidnapped and murdered, are we to look back at her, Richard Dawkins, and say, "Well, there's really no moral law. There's really no evil. Because if there's evil, remember, there's got to be good. And there's good, then there's got to be evil. And that all leads back to a moral law giver, which now leads back to a one monotheistic God. So do we look at Madeline O'Hara, and go, "Well, we're sorry. The people that did this, the man that did this, that used to work for your organization, now we'll just we need to let him go because." There's really no moral law. God, help us. Where did that, that's the devilish doctrine that this leads to. That's where the ultimate thing this leads to. People that cheat and steal and lie and abuse, they need a savior. And by the way, our redeeming faith doesn't leave us just redeemed, but it leaves us to where we can be made new again. We can be made whole again. We don't just hope to maybe get somewhere eventually. We believe in a direct change in our belief in our heart that God changes us, and then he gives us the power, not just to redeem us, but allow us to live this Christian life. Instead of being selfish consumers in this society, we can be selfless producers. That's our goal. God bless you, friends. Hope this word's been good to you. Until next time, God bless